Mando. Sit back, relax for your edumacation. Hakuna and Orifice are the new sensation. Saying dumb shit and talking queer media. Famous on Tyler Perry social media. Just a couple of gem girls and we say what we please. Welcome to our world, the immortal frenemies. Good morning, good day. From the flappy folds of time, better known as home, for the immortal frenemies podcast, Whoa. a show where we ride the temporal spatial limits of our universe to bring all manner of nonsense to your earballs and your earballs only. Most recently, wow, yeah, I know, right? It's, yeah, because there's only one set of earballs listening to this shit. It's one. It's one per listen. We can only handle one. That's as much bandwidth <laughs> as we're allowed. We're on like '90s dial-up. Anyways. Most recently, whoa, whoa, whoa. our journey into, out of, then back in again, like a nervous virgin teenager getting laid for the first time, into the annals, but also annals of time, <laughs> has brought us to the world of Charmed, everyone's favorite late 90s witch series. I am Orifice Jones, and like the unholy union of tuna and salmon, can swim both up and downstream through the flows of time. Um, do they say that about tuna? Does tuna, which way does tuna Listen, swim? Listen, all I know is in one Seinfeld sketch, <laughs> they explain how salmon is the opposite of tuna because one goes downstream and one goes upstream. Oh, I see. I'm sure that's fucking bullshit. Listen, it was on Spotify. But anyway, so. I am the Ant Flow of Time, Hakuna Matitis, who's quote-unquote, time of the month, Unquote. takes on a special significance because I literally jump through time every time a bitch is on the rack. Yes. I prefer, I appreciate how you said literally, because um, that's how it's pronounced. That, that is how it's pronounced. Anyway, today, slash right now, slash the fleeting presence, slash what even is time, I really don't understand mm. it. It's an eyeball. I think we've covered we are that. Just, it, oh, yeah, it's an eyeball. <laughs> right? Of course. Right. We are discussing season one, episode nine of Charmed, entitled The Witch is Back. But not back, back, back again, which honestly is a wasted opportunity. Totes, uh, thank you for correcting uh, the uh, typo because I put episode eight. It is true. Episode nine yes. of Charmed premiering on December 16th, 1998. This episode of Charmed, as described by our not-so-good Judies over at the Charmed Wiki, we don't know them, this is the one where yep. Prue is attacked by a powerful 300-year-old warlock who is furious about having been trapped in a locket by an ancestor of the Hallowell sisters. The eventual warlock can copy others' powers, and the Charmed Ones must <laughs> stop him. Will spurned lovers reignite old flames? Will this warlock be hot? Is this whole episode an STI allegory a la It Follows? Well, let's find out. Uh, have you seen It Follows, by the way? No, I haven't. Oh, okay. I, I mean, one, really? Yeah, I, I knew that by how you said it. I was like, oh, this bitch is just reading lines. Um, <laughs> <laughs> fucking classic. Anyways, um, It Follows, great movie. I think it's 2015, somewhere around there. Anyways, the idea is um, uh, there's like a... Like a, a succubus, essentially, that uh, mm -hmm. can be passed on from person to person. So if you have sex with someone, they'll take on this curse. And the curse is, like, this thing follows you. And it follows Whoa. you, and if it, like, you know, gets to you, like, you'll, you dead. But you can pass Whoa. along the, like, curse 
if you have sex with somebody else. Um, so it's I don't know. Mm. Continue. Yeah, yeah. So like it's a it's like a very thinly veiled STI allegory, but a good movie. That sounds like a Spider Vag spinoff. You're not wrong. Um, I'm sure it was directly inspired by Spider Vag because like <laughs> most things are, and most people don't credit it. <laughs> Right. It's because of an, it's like it somehow incepted the past, right? Exactly. Like we created it like only a couple of years ago, but you know, Spider Badge like, is outside of time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. the thing. Like time is like a river and Spider Badge has a canoe. <laughs> <laughs> or um Time is a bloody period flood, uh-huh. and uh, Spider Badge has a surfboard. Oh, you know what? This is this is our relationship. I say something, you make it better. Oh wow! I'm so glad you think that about me. Yeah, I mean, I need to throw you a bone every <laughs> once in a while. <laughs> anyway, um, also, I just want to shout out to how many eyeballs spiders have. Oh, time yeah. is also an eyeball. They're rocking and eight, baby. A bitch has so many They're rocking <laughs> eyeballs, eight so. motherfucking eyeballs. And, listen, I know we're not a very leg-focused podcast, but they also have eight legs. <laughs> I mean, I think multiple... I don't really care for legs when there are only two of them. That's just a fact. Yeah. But when there are, like, at least four, I find... No, at least five. five. Yeah. I'm a, I find I'm that a four, I, It's a four plus for me. And my threshold is at the plus. Right? <laughs> yeah, and, like, shout out to multiple arms. Because, actually, my threshold for arms is lower than my threshold for legs. Because who has three arms? That's true. But also, like, I could fuck with a one arm. Okay. Yeah. You know what? Like, all right. We're we're pro multi-limbed individuals <laughs> in this podcast. We just don't like the norm. We don't want two legs, two arms. I want one arm, three legs. <laughs> right. Yeah. I agree. I I do agree with that. Uh, very strongly, actually. I'm glad. I'm glad. Um, yeah. So we're in this episode now. Right. Yeah. And we're, we start back in 1692 in Salem, Massachusetts, which, you know, is, is pregnant with significance Ooh. in the witch world. Ooh, actually, historical inaccuracy with this. Um, so, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I went to Salem okay, once, please. and I am an authorita. Uh Okay, fine. Which, I'm sure you read one plaque. Uh, I actually, I went on a historical tour, and it was actually pretty funny, because that was, like, the first thing I did when I got there. And then... You know, I met up with other people, and I just essentially gave them the tour that I went on. So, the information is actually pretty good in my brain. Anyways, historical okay. inaccuracy. Melinda Warren, who we meet here in Salem, Massachusetts in 1692, is eventually burned at the stake. We'll find out the reasons why shortly. But, in North America, they did not burn witches at the stake. They hanged witches. Oh. Burning at the stake was oh. a European tradition. Oh, okay. Well, touche. Mm-hmm. Bitch, I know my um, witch three. I did not know that. But it's I think it's better to burn a witch at, a, at the stake than hang a witch. Like, you have to burn all of her essence. Yeah, and also, like, I feel it's more respectful to the witch because, like, it's almost like a funeral pyre. You know, their essence is being burned off and all the are ashes that'll be blown into the winds. Like, hanged is so, I don't know, it's unartful. It's grotesque. 
It's very pedestrian. Exactly. That's like for a common criminal bitch. Like, oh, someone stole a loaf of bread from the market. Like, hanging. Exactly. They weren't dancing in the woods with Satan fornicating. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. Different thing. A bitch like that deserves to be Exactly. Yeah. Um, I totally agree. Or stoned. I mean, stoned. I hate stoning. The idea of stoning is so fucking barbaric. It really is, and like it still happens today. And I think it's, I know, ridiculous. It's too close. It hits exactly for all the homos out there. I'm like, yo, you've been stoned too many times, right? Um, yeah. So we don't like stoning, but we love love, burning at the stake. We love burning at the stake, right? Which is what happens to Melinda (laughs) Warren. And for folks, for a quick refresher, as they'll explain in this episode. But Melinda Warren, we know because she is, like, the bitch who started it all. She is the one who had the uh, the three powers that Prue, Piper, and Phoebe now have and kind of started off the chain of events that would lead to the Charmed Ones. Right, and she is the original author of the Book of Shadows. Yes, yes. Yeah, so she is the matriarch of their, you know, witch line. Um, and basically... This whole scene unfolds with Melinda and some guy named Matthew Tate. Oh, I know. I guess Tate. was her. Yeah, yeah. But I thought immediately of Andrew Tate, and I hate. Oh him. yeah, exactly. I mean, this guy, this Matthew Tate, is also the fucking. Yeah, worst. exactly. They're like they're on the same playing field. Yeah. Um. So Matthew, I guess, was at some point her lover, and like led her to believe that he loved her but in fact really was just after her powers right and this is one of those things where like i understand when you're into someone you know you let a lot of things slide maybe you're not thinking clearly but like i would never trust a man with that kind of hair you know what i mean because he's <laughs> like the fabio yeah, yeah he has like the fabio long, long locks he looks like he is gonna screw you over or like is marrying you for your money or something um, absolutely. Yeah, he definitely had ulterior motives, and to make matters worse, he not only stole her powers, but he turned her in to the authorities and, like, called the witch out. Exactly. He called the witch out, which is why she's gonna get a hashtag burned. But our girl Melinda, I guess she had a fail-safe fa- fail plan? Yeah. She had a, you know, a mm-hmm. contingency plan where, um... I don't really know why What's-His-Face opens this locket, but regardless, he is talking to Melinda, who is, like, chained up or in a cage or whatever, and he, like, touches a locket or does something. Regardless, he gets sucked up into this locket, and the guy is, like, you know, dealt with. I love the uh, chant here. What? Outside of time, oh. outside of pain, no only sorrow, no only pain. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah, that's the thing. Love yeah, it. yeah, yeah, yeah. It is, it is good. No only sorrow. Gotta love it. Um, yeah. And... Yeah, so he's sucked up into the locket in a, like, vortex, right. basically. Yes. Love to see love it. Love to see it. Um, and then we immediately cut to the present at Buckland's, and... Um, we see the same locket in the hands of Rex. That's his name, right? Yes. Rex and Hannah are the two demons in disguise. Yes, slash who work our at favorite evil gaze over at Buckland's. Um, yes. And I f- we probably already got the opening credits, probably after that uh, opening with um, Melinda and Matthew. But regardless, 
we see Rex kind of basically give the locket to Prue, and he leaves, you know, he knows what he's doing here, and then Prue opens the locket, and Matthew appears, Matthew Tate, mm-hmm. um, and he basically just absorbs Prue's power, like, really quickly, because I think she, like, flings him against the wall, and he's like, oh, bitch, shouldn't have done that, and then, yeah. yeah. Yeah, he basically provoked her to get to get her to use his power against him because he his power is being able to copy the powers of others. Yes, which is a pretty um, cool power, and also I don't. So this is this is something that I always. Uh, I mean, I was I was literally going to say I've struggled with, which is like not that I have not struggled with this. I've thought about extensively because. In the comic book world or, like, superhero world, there always is the character who's, like, a mimic. Who's, like, their power is copying other powers. And sometimes I think it's, like, kind of done in an interesting way. Sometimes I think it's, like, kind of bullshit because how are they just copying their powers? And how are they using their powers to the same degree of, like, skill and efficiency? Yeah. That's, like, another part of it. That's true. You could argue, I guess, in this Charmed is, like... Yeah, we're in the first season. The, the The girls aren't super well-versed in their abilities. Maybe an experienced warlock would be able to use them better. I don't fucking know. Uh, but it always... Yeah. It always, like... It's, like, on a spectrum of, like, either it makes you, like, incredibly overpowered or it makes you, like, ineffective because you're always dependent on other people's abilities. Yeah, I find it really... I find it kind of cheap, to be honest. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like... Yeah, I just, I agree with you. I don't see how they could um, have the same level of power, um, especially if he's been stuck in a locket or, like, the netherworld for, like, 300 yeah. years or whatever. Like, how would he be able to come back with as much uh, vitality and Yeah, he would at least have locket competence. Like. Yeah. <laughs> Which we all know is when you're trapped in a locket for at least a century. <laughs> locket like. A leg, legs get another shout out. Here we go. A new, a new era. For yeah, us. exactly. We're we're in charge now. It's not just an eyeball podcast anymore. We're branching into extremities. Um, but yeah. Anyway, so yeah, he's a super like powerful demon or warlock, whatever. Um, and he can also do this thing called blinking, where he can move, like he disappears from one place and like moves really fast to the opposite side of yeah, the Yeah, we can just call it, like we can just call it teleporting. We can just call it teleporting. Yeah, it's, it really is. Like, I, I hate when they give it stupid names blinking. like blinking. It's like, does that make it easier to understand? Okay, what I don't understand is sometimes he blinks for no fucking reason. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, he just like blinks to move two feet. <laughs> can, he, can he actually teleport farther than that is what I'm asking. I think so, because I think we see him appear in like random rooms, uninvited. Um, I don't know, mm. you know, what kind of distance he's really working with. Maybe he has to always like make, make little short jumps. What I didn't like was like the blink sound effect. Oh, the yeah, the, or whatever. It's like, it's, I think they're going <laughs> for, it's like air, you know, like uh, vacuumed into a space that needs to be filled kind of thing, but it, it didn't work for me. I didn't like it. Um, yeah, it didn't really work for me either, but, you know, he's powerful. Yeah. He's there. Matthew's- he jumps out the window. Jumps out a window. He's got <coughs> long hair. 
Well, are you dead? Oh, yeah. Deceased. You still there? Oh. Ooh, still done. Uh, you don't cough, you don't get off. <laughs> You're gonna be fucking ripped, bud. Bud? What's up, brah? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so a bitch jumps out of the window and lands on yes. both feet, totally unscathed, um, jumping from a 12, the 12th story, basically. Which, like, kind of a flex, kind of a flex. It is a flex, and, like, this happened at broad daylight, so there were witnesses, and the news was there. The police catch wind of this, and um, Prue basically, like, during that whole scene, he basically learns that, one, Prue doesn't have all three powers, so she's not the sole um, ancestor of Melinda who he needs to find. He knows that there are other people. Um, and two, he learns from her nameplate that um, <laughs> her, her last name is Hallowell. Right. Her nameplate? What do you call it? <laughs> I was like, what do you call those fucking Yeah, things? you're right. You're right. You're right. I was like, it's not her name tag. It's not her desk moniker. It's, <laughs> it is her name on a form of plate. I'll give you that. It is called a nameplate. Yo, it's called I'm a like nameplate so... for real? I think so. Dude, I don't know. Yeah, it is. I just fucking Googled that shit. But I'm so low on the totem pole at my... I don't know if I can say that. That might be... Like, I might be pulling a <laughs> Buffy Saint Marie there. <laughs> the Bufa uh, Santa Maria. <laughs> the Bufa Santa Maria. Uh... <laughs> Never gonna get old, by the way. Anyways. <laughs> Mozzarella di Buffalo di Santa Maria. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, it's dumb. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm so, like, my seniority is so bad, and I, like, don't have my own desk even. I don't even have my own office, so I don't have a fucking nameplate. Oh, so that's why you know nameplate. Because, like, that's, like, a pecking order kind of thing at your workplace. <laughs> it's like, bitch, you ain't got no nameplate. It's all I aspire to. I just I just look for a place to put up a picture of my family. You know? um, no, I yeah, don't. Yeah, well, you don't have a family. I don't have a family. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> my... My single mother was executed by the state, and I'm an orphan now. Right, 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 right. You're pulling a Di Bufala Santa Maria. I get it. <laughs> yeah, it was scooped. I'm sorry. That's terrible. Yo, I was scooped like a fucking cookie dough ice cream, all right? Yeah, I was scooped like a It was motherfucking two scoops cream. of raisins over here. <laughs> scoop of rocky road you know because my, my life was so rocky was so bitch rocky i was half baked i got a fucking scoop of cookie dough and a scoop of uh, fudge brownie i was double scooped which is okay it's like it's not okay to laugh about because the 60s scoop is like actually terrible but oh no but <laughs> But we're being Buffy says. Uh, yeah, we're being, we're being Buffy said somebody right. about it. So it's it's I guess it's okay. <laughs> oh god, it's so terrible. Okay, okay. Anyways, oh my god, we <laughs> back oh on the god, episode. Okay, back we're going to hell. So we're back on the episode. 
So, um, what's his face? Jumps out of that office building, and the cops show up. And Annie's already like, oh, I know whose office this is. It's fucking Prue's. Go figure. Prue's involved with this. Which I would be, yeah. like, so and annoyed he's, like, if not I was happy about Yeah, it. I would be, like, understandably, he's gonna be like, dude, like, one, we just broke up, and two, my day job forces me to interact with you way too often. Right, and you're up to some shady shit, like, especially because after he goes to the scene and he talks to Rex and Hannah, who are like, there is a fight, he's, like, there's a crash, we heard a crash, he jumped out the window, then we saw Prue run away. Firstly, that's super incriminating. Secondly, the next day, or at some short period thereafter, um, Matthew goes to murder someone with the last name Hallowell. Oh. Um, because he's like, oh, okay, there are more Hallowells who have powers, so I'm just going to like look in the fucking phone book or something and find all the Hallowells and murder right, them. Right, he kills, he kills a lawyer, and he has a funny line of yes. like, lawyers, still the worst. Something like that. <laughs> what does he know about lawyers? <laughs> well, How many lawyers were there back in the day? He must have contacted some legal professional to make sure Melinda got burned at the stake. Oh, okay. <laughs> Not like the marauding mobs. Yeah. I'm sure they were intertwined at some point in the wish burning process. Um Yes, 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 yes. The mobs had a lawyer. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he was super shady. <laughs> um <laughs> Yeah, I meant to mob law. I, I... <laughs> you know, like Dude. Rule of law, yeah. mob like, law. It's like Bob Loblaw's mob exactly. law. <laughs> Bob Loblaw's law blog on mob law. Dude, I'm still reeling from our scoop conversation. <laughs> I know, but we gotta we gotta push through it. All right, we gotta push through it. I know, like holy fuck, <laughs> what is wrong with us? Anyways, anyways, so after that whole, like, kerfuffle with the police, we are, we go to the manor for the first time this episode, and we see Leo working on some pipes, and, I mean, the, uh, the suggestions are there, people. Um, Piper, for, I think she's, like, having a conversation about the menu she has to have at Quake, and she... Ugh, so boring, I mean, I'm tired of Quake. I mean, I hate Quake. But, she says something to the effect of crab satay... And that sounds really gross. No, like you know what satay is. That sounds terrible. Yeah, like like peanut sauce. Yeah, exactly. Oh, crab. Ew. Disgusting. I don't even like. You know, like okay. All right. This is gonna sound terrible, <laughs> but you know that you know crab rangoon or whatever they call it. Uh, I do know what that is. I've never had it. Though. It's like yeah, it's like that crab what thing. Is it? It's like it's like a there's like crab meat deep fried in like a wonton wrapper. And it's, like, kind of creamy. There's something to the thing. I don't know. But it sounds kind of like a racial slur to me. Like, why are we saying Rangoon? You know what I mean? It just sounds weird. <laughs> um, that actually does sound good, though. Like, Rangoon? I don't know. It's... Like, cra Crab... No, Crab Rangoon, the dish, sounds good. It's overrated. It's, uh... I think it's one of those things where they I've just never use, like, imitation crab meat and, like, cream cheese and then deep fry. And it's like, oh, here's a fancy hors d'oeuvre. It's crab, and it's like, eh. It's like crab cakes, you know what I mean? Most crab cakes are shitty. Yeah. 
Um, what I don't understand actually about Crab Rangoon now that I think about it for the first time mm -hmm. ever <laughs> um, is that Rangoon is the name, the former name of the capital of Myanmar. Oh. And like, what does that have to do with anything? Because I just Googled Crab Rangoon and it's supposed to be like, um, like a Chinese American yes. dish. So what does China have to do with Myanmar? Anyway, I'm just lost here. Yeah, I mean, when it comes to also Chinese-American dishes, like, even, like, General Tso's chicken, like, who the fuck was General Tso? Um, yeah. And I don't, I don't even, know. like, I, I... I've looked this up so I many times. I looked it up, too, like, and I, like, for whatever reason, my my understanding is there was never a General Tso. It's all a lie. Mm. But I, I could be it's wrong. It's probably, like, someone's uncle. Yeah, exactly. You know, like, some... They call, like, this jovial, like, laughing man. Yeah, like, general. General, so. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Anyways. It's a term of endearment. Term of endearment. Um, anyways, I brought up crab it's also. I don't oh, I don't know. I'm just, I just repeated what you just said so I could get along with the conversation, <laughs> right? <laughs> oh, dude, okay. I mean, this is like, I guess, I mean, it's tinged with sadness because the individual is now deceased. But one time. <laughs> oh, wow. I was talking with Tosh and, like. He was saying something to me, and I zoned the fuck out. And I really just, and it, it, he was like really jazzed up, and it seemed important to him. And <laughs> I clued back in, and then I only caught maybe the last like 30 seconds. So all I did was like, I just repeated the last two words he said, and gave him a high five. And he emphatically was like, yeah! And then I was like, oh my god, like, that seemed like it meant a lot to him. So I was like, sorry, dude, like, I don't mean to, like, kill your buzz right now, <laughs> but I literally just did this thing that I do to, like, people when I'm not listening, and, like, you should know that. And he was like, oh, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least you're honest about it. Did he, like, go through it again? No, I, I think, I, I don't know, I think he did, I think he did. But it was just, like, one of those, of like, oh, it was just, yeah, it was really funny. That's very funny, Michael. Um, but anyways, yeah, if you ever know, need to get I'll it... Watch out for that when you're not fucking listening yeah, to yeah, me. Yeah, if you ever catch me just repeating the last two words you said with a lot of enthusiasm, <laughs> you know I was not listening. Uh, <laughs> well, to be fair, you say a lot on this podcast that I don't fucking listen to. <laughs> when you, like, go off on some tangent about something, oh, I, I'm like, I, I don't I know I was what fully you're aware about. when I started talking about, like, mimic-based powers you were checking out. And I was like, all right, I know I got a minute to talk about this. Anyways, crab satay sounds super gross, but it does lead into a great line by Phoebe where she says to Piper, quote unquote, give him some of your crab, which I loved. Whoa. I know, right? That just sounds like you're giving him crab. Yes, yes, yes. It does. It does. Uh, because yes, at this point, I guess. Oh, it's actually kind of weird because I was just listening to our last episode and the episode ended with Piper and Leo, I thought, starting off their kind of like burgeoning relationship because they had their first kiss that they that Leo forgot about. And then the episode ended with Piper being like, oh, let me buy you a drink. But here we have apparently Piper, you know, not asking Leo out before. Yeah, I guess he was still under the spell when that happened. Mm. Or... You know, I don't oh, know. No. Maybe, like, she asked him out for a drink, but it wasn't in the spirit of 
liking each other. Yeah, or it could have been, in my head canon, what I will say is that without this truth spell, for Piper to know that Leo's always saying, like, what's on his mind, she was just really awkward during the drink, and it didn't really pan out to anything real, and she's still stuck in square one. Yeah. She's being meek as fuck yeah, at the beginning of this episode. Like, she's always meek. Like, here's some tea, Leo. Hee <laughs> hee. Just so, okay, up. this is a line in the Bible, apparently. Oh, well, it, it is in the Bible. Um, <laughs> what I mean is, like, don't I... Don't quote that shit at me. I don't want to hear it. No, no what, no, what, I, me, what, I, what I have a particular issue with is some of the translations, because I just don't know if... I don't know if my boy JC said this, because he was like, the meek will inherit the earth. That's, like, a very famous, no. like, Bible quote by uh, yeah. J.O. Christ. And it's like, will they, though? Will they? And, like, what do you mean by that? Um, it just seems like yeah, one of those words. I mean, I guess it's those who are. It just seems like one of those yeah. words that, like, easily throughout the translations from, like, ancient Greek to, uh, I guess, I don't know if the first editions of the Bible were written. They, they probably were more written than Latin, more than ancient Greek. And it, regardless, um, I just feel like there well, were a lot of translations that could have been skewed to say something like meek as opposed to him meaning you know, the, uh, the worthy or the, uh, the redeemers will inherit the earth or some shit. Well, I actually think it's deliberate because, like, meek usually means, like, you know, subservient or, or, uh, shy or, you know, someone who humbles yourself. Like, so it makes sense that, like, one, Christianity, like, values, like, the followers as sheep. Right? That is true. And, like, you, you humble, like, I guess it's saying, like, those who humble themselves um, before the Lord are the ones who will inherit the earth. Um, that's how, that does sound very Christian. That does sound very Christian. And I think you even saying that to me, I think, maybe points out what I do not like about it. Because my whole thing with Christianity is that, like, it's very divorced from the actual social movement that was... Jesus's like ministry, let's say, uh, mm-hmm. and I think that's one of those quotes that has probably has been misused by the church to advocate for subservience, as opposed to mm-hmm. again, this, this is someone who actually, you know, I'm not talking about out of my ass when I say this. Uh, I do think that like in his actual movement, Jesus was much more about like internal spirituality and like internal morality, as opposed to just doing what a church tells you to do. Right. And I feel like it lends itself very easily to, like, a certain, like, corrupt uh, leader. Oh, yeah. Like, corrupt religious leaders, like those televangelists or whatever, who, like, I guess position themselves as, like, an authority. Because I find Christianity extremely hierarchical. I mean, inherently it is. So if, like, he's, yeah, if, like, the pastor or, like, the the televangelist or whoever is like the the mediator between the like the meek followers and the lord then like he can act however the fuck he wants um yeah i yeah i really i really don't like christianity at all so what i will say is like that's more of a tenet of catholicism i would say like either Mm -hmm. you know you could say that is it like a factor of or a uh a feature of Christianity, like there generally are power structures. I think Catholicism mm-hmm. really 
more if anything drives it home but um Mm -hmm. yeah i I think that's like the inherent contradiction that i have with modern day christianity or people who say that they are, are christian is like okay but like sure you have like if you're following all of the things that people have interpreted for you over the years as opposed to like what the actual texts are from people who are actually there i don't know most of the new testament was written by people who never met jesus is my main thing and it's like i don't you mm. can't really like if you're basing your whole religion off of this one guy who is supposedly god incarnate uh i'm not gonna leave it up to the people who weren't even there you know what i mean mm-hmm. anyways i have a lot to say about this yeah. and we should talk more about charm <laughs> we barely talked about this episode. i know i That's know so funny okay so um, matthew tate yeah yeah matthew yeah. tate's in the biz he's coming for their powers uh the police are involved um and then eventually the girls just decide they're like oh okay if this warlock is coming for us and Melinda Warren is the one who, you know, dealt with him originally. Why don't we just call up our girl Melinda Warren? Um, yes. Yeah, so they call up Melinda using a spell uh, from the Book of Shadows. Um, and Melinda... Oh, no, no, no. So actually, no, actually, uh, I forgot. Very important. Phoebe has a look into the past for the first time. And that's, like, where she was like, oh... oh so important. Hey. Hey. <laughs> as a, as a charmographer. Shitty. Yeah. We, we were, we're transitioning from gemologists to charmographers. <laughs> it's uncharmed. <laughs> charted, um, charmed territory. Uncharmed. I don't know. Yeah. Territory. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Phoebe has a reverse premonition, I guess you could call it. Uh, and so that's that's what clues them off. Like, oh, Melinda knows this guy, so they're like, oh, okay, let's call her up from the past. And yeah, right. that's what they do. So yeah, which I guess you know, like, could be construed as useful. I think it is. I think it is useful here. Yeah, yeah. I, um, that, it's like it's a sensible decision. It's like, oh, okay. Not only is she the person who banished this very powerful warlock originally, she's also the person like that kind of gave you your powers and like there's probably something you could learn from her right and i will say um kind of as a general statement about this episode that uh i feel i felt like for once prue was kind of the troublemaker and phoebe her decisions actually made sense how do you think Thoughts? that pipe or no uh was that prue was the troublemaker though well prue got in trouble not only like she got in trouble with the law yeah yeah basically. Yeah, 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 yeah yeah like the way she conducted herself with andy was extremely risky anyway we'll, we'll yeah. get to it <laughs> no, but we will get to it you're right you're right you're right she was pulling some like really bold moves you're not wrong yeah that yeah that like kind of teetered on like what are you what, what are you doing uh yeah yeah and like yeah phoebe had some good shit to say and do here. Um, yeah. But uh, but anyways, anyway. Anyways. Um, so, so actually, yeah, Melinda. On to the point of like Phoebe being like sensible. Um, because they summon Melinda from 
the folds of time. Um, a little bit of ritual bloodletting, which we love to see. You know, blood calling blood. Great. Um, but Andy, I think, like, comes to the house, like, talk to Prue. Or, like, interrogate Prue at some point. Or before, or right after they do the, the uh, invocation. And he's like, yo, where's Prue? da na na What's going on? And he's kind of pressing her for information and he says like oh like is she inside like kind of come in and phoebe goes like well where's your warrant bitch and i just really liked it right it's like i like pulling that on a cop it's like well maybe i should just ask you are you legally allowed to come inside because then you can fuck off right right yeah, yeah yeah like he needed to hear that he can't just like be coming through as her boyfriend cop exactly you know like he's a cop ex-boyfriend exactly Exactly. His privileges are not the same. He has to abide by the law. Exactly. Period. 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 Bitch. <laughs> Anyways. This is where a fan would, like, you'd hear a fan exactly. clack. Um, <laughs> and the fan would say, over yes. it. <laughs> Done. Whatever. <laughs> Bye. Um, anyway, so. Oh, no, no, okay. As we, before, <laughs> as we get to the ritual bloodletting, I don't know why this came up. And this is also one of those things that stuck in my mind from this episode that it's like one of those features of charm that I remember. They had this little exchange where they're like, oh, right, 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 right. Because I think Phoebe says the spell is going to involve us like doing a little bit of blood. And Piper is like, no, I am not doing that since we did that at like, I don't know, our summer vacation back in the day. And... Phoebe explains, like, oh, yes, when we made that blood oath that we, would, that we would be friends, not just sisters. And I was like, well, listen, as someone who has three other siblings, <laughs> no one does that shit. Uh, that does not happen in the real world. But also, what I think, because I watched it, I watched this episode when I was really young, I was like, oh, wow, that's so nice that siblings act like that. Uh, it's because they don't. Yeah. It's because they don't. Um... <laughs> Yeah, why would you're already bonded by blood? Why would you need to make a blood? Yeah, like I'm to already forced be to be that friends just with seems you. unnecessary. <laughs> or enemies. Or yeah, or enemies. Uh, I'm no longer enemies uh, no, you're friends. with any of my siblings. Who did you get along with the least? Oh, I mean John. Uh-huh. Yeah. I mean, but like John cuz you're he knows this about himself. He was kind of the worst. Mm. Well, now you're now you're chums. Now you're right chums. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. we chumming, we chumming. Uh, we chin wagging and we chumming. Um, so, anyway, um, so oh, yeah, actually, actually, I have, a question, murder, I have a question for you about Melinda's physical form being up in this episode because Melinda says it's so odd to be here again. And I was like, wait a second. Was she plucked through time, or is she being summoned from the afterlife? Um, I think she's being summoned from the afterlife. So, okay. Because, they, yeah, they, make it, they have a line about, like, bringing someone back from the dead, and someone raised a concern about her, like, it was implied, like, oh, what if she comes back, like, fucking, Oh, like, zombie style, dead. zombie style, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, and they're like, no, no, Phoebe was like, I've done all the research, like, 
she'll come back, you know, flesh, blood, bone, hair, normal bitch. Um, yeah. Uh, okay. That yeah. answered my question, and you're right. Um, regardless, so they, they, they kind of talked to Melinda for, like, a little bit, and she has, like, a couple of, like, funny lines about, like, Warren family traits slash Hallowell family traits. Apparently, cheekbones being one of them, which I was like, oh, okay. That's mm-hmm. cool. Um, yeah. Good, good for you. you. Good for you, Melinda and, uh, Melinda and Leo have a Shakespeare moment. I have that written down. It's like a quote from As You Like It. Yeah. And, uh... Yeah, that was fine. Yeah, it was fine. That was, that was it was fine. fine. I was like, oh, yeah, Leo's here. <laughs> I could have done without it. Um, but, yeah, uh... Uh, what you call it? Melinda approved of, of what's his face, Leo. Leo. Yes. So <laughs> the name that was yeah, just said, exactly. <laughs> she approved of it. So that that was um, good. that was good. Uh, and I I think I'm jumping ahead because there's like a lot of scenes go back and forth that we've actually kind of touched on, but Melinda yeah. um, kind of explains like her origin story, and she says like why because I think either Phoebe or someone asks her like hey listen. Why did you let yourself get burned at the stake? Because, like, you have powers. You could have, you know, stopped time or, you know, murdered everyone with your mind or something. And he kind of, like, sort of, you could say, make sense answer was, like, her saying, well, I had a daughter, and if I use my powers, everyone would know that she was a witch and they would murder her. What I would say to this is, one, they would already probably assume that she was a witch because she's the daughter of a witch that just got burned alive. Um, Mm -hmm. And two, no, that was just the one. It was just the one. (laughs) I did not follow the initials. Oh, oh, okay, great. So it's difficult. It's (laughs) difficult when you're doing a podcast with one other person and they're literally never listening to you. It's pretty hard. It's pretty hard. I know. I know. You cannot listen to me the next time. I'm like, as an attentive, caring person, I'm forced to. You just had this whole spiel about how you don't listen to people, but you're better at hiding it than I am. You're not wrong. Bitch, why are you listening to that, huh? Uh, <laughs> sorry, I I'm taking in the wrong information. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Anyways, I honestly I don't even remember what I just said. Um, <laughs> oh no, 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 okay. Regardless, um, I'm getting to. I think I was just trying to get to the part where um, Piper or Phoebe asks Melinda, and she says like, "Why do Warren witches lose their mom so early?" And I was like, "Oh, that's so dark. Mm. That's like really sad." Yeah. Mm-hmm. It is sad um, that that happens. Yeah, it's probably all the demons uh, trying to kill them. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Or maybe like you, you can only shine so bright for so long. That is true. Maybe and then you need to pass with... on your magic to the next yeah, people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> maybe you're fine. Do you ever feel like a plastic bag? It's like bag yeah, floating in the wind. Flowing in the wind. Something, something <laughs> caving in or something. I don't know. House of cards. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but maybe you're a yeah, firework. Firework. Um, uh, yeah, so basically, yeah, all this is happening, and it's a lovely reunion, and they gain more insight into 
what it means to be a yeah, witch yeah, and yeah. like their lineage. Which is kind of my and... favorite part about this episode, more than anything else. Like, of course, we have like the whole Matthew subplot, which, or maybe you could even say the overplot or plus plot, but. I don't know, it's less, I don't know, I found it less interesting, and I found most of the resolutions to that being kind of silly, and I was like, oh, okay, here's some weird charm stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, the magic in this episode didn't really get me going, because there weren't any eyeballs and no eyeball lasers, yeah, so yeah, yeah. I was kind of like, what am I yeah, watching exactly. here? <laughs> what's happening? Um, you're right, and I think it's because he absorbed Prue's power first, so that was we got all the eyeball off the top, and that's not how you make an eyeball Sunday. Yeah, I mean, I think we just got used to a lot of episodes like back to back where the warlock or demon or whatever was vanquished uh, with their powers and not a spell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and yeah. like, I mean, spells are fun and everything, but I find like it's always the same like sort of tornado like, vortex thing that, like, you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, 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 um, yeah. And actually, I think that's g- probably going to become more of a trope in the show. Eventually, they move on to potions. Like, potions are the whole thing that, like, can, like, murder a bitch real quick. And all mm-hmm. you see is them throw, like, a small vial, and then the person, like, erupts into flames or something. Um, yeah. So, yeah, there might be... I mean, it makes sense. No, it makes sense that they progress that way, right? Like, I mean, a witch isn't only their power. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, whatever one power they have. I feel like, in fact, like, when I think about witches, and I'm not, like, up in the lore as much as you are, but, like, they do also, like, do a lot of spells and and potions. Yeah, if anything, I would say this is, like, the weird thing about, like, charmed... Charm's approach to, like, magic and witchcraft is, like, every witch has, like, their one special ability, and then there are, like, you know, all these other things. Um, mm-hmm. As opposed to, it's like, oh, okay, you can just do all of the things, and, like, as, yeah. Uh, and it's weird also because there are other powers, like, we'll see this with Phoebe, I think, especially. Like, they can still do spells, like, you know, if you make it rhyme, you can essentially alter reality and all that kind of stuff and it's like mm-hmm. oh why aren't you guys just doing this more on the fly you know what i mean yeah well they learn in this episode that the book of shadows started off really small right, 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 and right. that over time generation of witches have added to the book of shadows and they're like what we can do that and she was like yeah with more experience you'll be able to make your own spells which was i think a revelation for them true true um yeah, at one point, I had this memory of, like, Phoebe doing a spell, and Piper, spoiler alert, eventually has children, and uh, Phoebe, like, wants the, like, young kids to, like, be feel comfortable talking about something, and she literally says a spell on the fly for the bear to come alive and talk to the kid. And I'm like, damn, you can just do that? Wow. Yeah. That's impressive yeah. for her. So they get, like, super magical. Mad magical. I mean, maybe... I, I've seen the show. I don't think I've ever finished it. But I would be curious to pay attention to whether Phoebe... What Phoebe lacks in her ability to do anything useful with her power, she makes up for in her ability to, like, create spells or something. So, 
I will not spoil anything. Um, all I'll mm-hmm. say, when it comes to Phoebe and her powers, it's going to be a motherfucking roller coaster, baby. We're going to hit highs. We're going to hit lows. We're going to hit what? We're going to hit why? And then we're going to hit what? Again. <laughs> Sounds good. I'm here yeah, for yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll be in it for the long haul. Um, we Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. we got to like get through the rest of this episode. Because we've already been talking for Yeah, but do we... Okay, but do we need to... Like, I mean, the first ten minutes were kind of a wash. Yeah. Like, the, at the I beginning. Mean, most, it's you know all I mean? set up. It's all set up. It's true. It's like there's an evil warlock out to get their powers. They meet this, like, you know, very, very important figure to their family line. And that's mainly it. And then eventually, yeah, Matthew gets vanquished. Um, Prue steals an owl feather off screen as. And that's, like, a whole situation. Yeah, because they need an owl feather to complete the potion right, 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 to vanquish right. him. Yeah, Linda's like, all right, and yeah, yeah, This is, like, the driving kind of force throughout two-thirds of the episode. Is Melinda's like, all right, we got to get this potion together. Part of it involves, like, a spotted owl feather. And back in her day, that was, like, mad normal, but not anymore. The rest they can get at the fucking grocery store. But then she's also like, oh, okay, Phoebe, Prue... Don't go out in the world because then Matthew is going to go get your powers. Uh, right. Which happens to Phoebe at Quake somehow. Yeah. I mean, they only exist in like three places. Buckland, Quake, and, and home. Outside of other places. <laughs> the police station. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Parking, parking lots, lots other and like alleyways, very, uh, alleys and <laughs> confined other spaces. <laughs> um, yeah, so he does get her power. He does not get no. Piper's ability to freeze time. Um, and yeah, there's this whole thing about getting procuring this feather, and um, we Matthew busts into the manor while it's just. Melinda at home, right? <laughs> we also get a lot of, um, or not necessarily a lot of, but like a few scenes are interspersed with Hannah and Rex basically saying like, oh, we can't actually control Matthew. He's kind of doing whatever he wants. All we can really hope for is like, he's going to kill the witches and then we'll put him back in the locket. Right. They're, they're essentially, they were the ones who brought the locket to Prue to unleash all of this, and it was their design to kill, use Matthew to kill uh, the charmed witches. Right. And we, we um, also have, like, a... Which, yeah. We have, like, a, a little brief... Like a, there's a brief moment, and I don't know if this is the first time we've seen Rex use his powers, or Rex use any power, but he kind of, like, read Hannah's... He reads Hannah's mind, and, like, kind of says to her, like, oh, like, I can't find Matthew... I haven't, like, mastered that ability yet. And, I don't know, it just was like, Rex, what can you do? What's happening here? Also, the fact that he saw Hannah look kind of corny. Oh, yeah. About, about, about Yeah, Matthew, Matthew puts on some, like, leather like, pants or something, and she's like, ooh. It's like she licks her lips or does something, like, <laughs> real sensual. Yeah, so. Also, Rex so, gives Matthew yeah. a gun to go kill the Hallowell sisters, that's the, yeah, yeah, Because yeah. Rex is like, okay, like, they might not use their powers against you because 
you know, they're on to your fucking shtick. Here's a gun. Uh, Why does he need a gun, though? He can just use his powers on them. Well, no, because it's Matthew. So I think Matthew... Oh, dude, listen. You're right. You're right? <laughs> but he's got a gun. Baby's got a gun. Because he's an American. Yeah, he's an American and he's a man. Um. <laughs> and is the gun a metaphor for his penis? The answer is yes. <laughs> the answer is yes. And we... He probably has a huge dick because, like, yeah, all the bitches all want the bitches him. All the bitches want him. But that gun does not have the trick because, yeah, this is also another thing when it comes to Prue using her powers on Matthew because Matthew appears up in the Hallowell Manor. And then Prue is like, oh, right, I can still throw chairs and shit at you. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> dude, you can still throw things at him. You can't use your powers maybe necessarily yeah. on him, but you can affect anything else. And, like, yeah, he's still going to get hit in the face by a chair if it hits him in the face. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So a lot, a lot happens. happens. A lot, a lot, a lot fucking happens. This this feather, um... Yeah, they, they have is, a whole, like, ends, chat? Uh, This feather thing is, like, They have yeah. a whole, like, Trudeau-Phoebe yeah. chat? Or Trudeau-Proof chat? Yeah, because she goes, she breaks into the museum. Did she break into Buckland, or did she break break into a museum where she used yes. to work? It was a natural anyway, history museum, and that stole. She used to yeah, and she stole that feather, um, and she emerges from the museum holding the fucking feather, and Andy is there, I guess, because he followed yeah, her. Yeah, like, no he might have like known, yeah. or I don't know. Yeah, and she's basically, he interrogates her. She's like, okay, like, what the fuck is going on? First of all, you were at the scene of a crime and then dipped. Then this guy is killing people with the same last name as you because he killed more people um, after the lawyer. And now you're breaking into uh, the museum and you're obstructing justice because you will not cooperate with me. And you know what? And you know what? So and you know what? And you know what? Who does? She's like, uh,. Gotta go, and then eyeballs the hot air, the uh, the the uh, not air balloon, the um, impact sack. What do you call those? Airbag. Airbag. <laughs> impact sack. Way better, by the way. Uh, impact sack is amazing. Yeah, uh, it's. I think it's a it's a it's a it's a weird indication of like maybe how my brain works. Was I was struggling for the words an impact sack is what came to my mind before airbag. Um, anyways, so she acti- yeah, she activates it. the airbag with her eyeballs and then just dips. Uh, Perfect. Perfectly rational <laughs> response. This is what I mean about Prue being very You're irrational right. no, no, no. and making ep- terrible decisions. Yeah, in this episode, she is acting a mess. She is, like, not doing what's best for anybody. Right. Um, so yeah, Phoebe was more level-headed her, than her sh- for sure in this episode. Um, so while the sisters are making the, the, the spell, Prue still hasn't arrived back, but Matthew appears. Um, and, he, and in this scene, he demands that Piper use his, um, her power against him so that she, he can take it. Um, and of course, at this exact moment, Prue busts in. Um, and uses her powers against him. Uh, Piper freezes him, 
and then somehow the fucking feather makes it into the pot <laughs> and Melinda banishes him just in the nickelback yeah, of gonna, time. A bitch is back in the time. locket. And he's nickel back in that locket. It's always, it's always someone busting into a place. Yes. <laughs> and then like, I yeah, prefer, in the nickelback of time. I would prefer if they didn't use doors and just crash through the wall. Per- personally, <laughs> I would prefer I would prefer yeah. that too, like uh, the Kool Aid. Exactly, man or I love the Kool Aid Man, X Factor. Yeah, um, and yeah, at this point, like obviously Rex and Hannah are pretty distraught at the failure of Matthew and their whole scheme. Right. I mean, they got very close. They should be proud yeah, of themselves, but. They have to, yeah. They have to. They have to answer to a higher demon, right? Who's, who's displeased with them? Right. I don't know if they ever actually like name or say who this person is. No, but they do allude to something. Maybe eventually. Yeah. They yeah they allude to the fact that their mission is to yes. destroy the charmed ones, and that it's not their own mission. Like it's not a mission of their own design. Yes. 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 Destroy and or maybe steal their powers. Sometimes up for mm-hmm. debate. Yeah. Um, so this scene is really weird. The one that follows because Andy's partner, Andy and his partner are discussing yes. what My happened. My boy Morris. And this is. Morris who? is his name. Oh, his name is Morris, the, like, one black person in this fucking show. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Who's, who exists for no other reason except to have a black cop. Like, I, I don't understand what it is about, like, having black cops and things. Is that supposed to make me feel better about police brutality? <laughs> Whoa. I mean, hot take. No. no, no hot take. Hot take. You're, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. Uh, I think, you, like, it, I think it comes from a... Like, a weird kind of, like, paternal image. You know what I mean? At mm-hmm. least for me, growing up in the 90s, there was, like, you know, Family Matters. Or um, even, like, a, I think the like Family Matters guy is actually in uh, Die Hard. Of, you know, like, a paternal male black figure who's a cop who's also just, like, a really good dad and a really good guy. Right. That is, like, it's right. like a North American archetype. Yeah, I mean, I feel like someone probably has written about a, written a paper about this. I probably read, I read it. it. But also, um, it's interesting about Morris too. I agree with you. When Trudeau is in the picture, he is like kind of superfluous. He doesn't really serve much of a purpose. He's like the he's mm-hmm. a straight man to Trudeau's. Oh, there's witch stuff going on. Um, but his role does evolve, and. He becomes a little bit more of a central character, I will say. And actually one of the more longer-running characters. Good. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of over Andy, yeah, to be honest. Yeah. Like, I don't, okay, I don't think he should have been involved in this case at all because it's such a clear conflict of interest. Which he does say. If he I were think he good, says, he's like, oh, no, it's fine. But it's like, is it? It's Yeah, it's, it's not, not fine. fine. Clearly, you handle this very poorly. And in this scene um, that I want to talk about... Uh, Morris is like, you can't put Prue on blast. He didn't say that, but that's what I wrote. <laughs> um, 
Because then Andy will have to tell the judge about how Prue got away. Oh, true, yeah. And I'm like, well, and <laughs> why not? <laughs> but I mean... Because then the judge will order her to be burned at the stake? Well, no, I think it's like much more of like, you gotta cover your own ass because how are you gonna explain how she got away from you? Like, you're gonna, like, you're perjuring yourself? Is that the right word? Like, you're in, uh, mm -hmm. implicating yourself into, like, kind of a crime. I guess so. And she, he, I guess he didn't also have a warrant. He just, like, talked to her off the cuff. Yeah. And then she, like, used her eyeballs to, like, fling something at him. <laughs> the it was the impact, impact sack. sack. It was the impact sack, yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, so Morris is like, don't embarrass yourself, bro. Just let Yeah, go. exactly. Which, Which is, like, is like, I'm not going to say it's the best <laughs> advice, but I understand it. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, like, he really boosted Yeah, he really, you know? he like, done he, I feel up. like you could really, you could really charge Prue with something or, like, answers are owed. Yeah, yeah. Because, because all of these cases that he's pursuing, like, all of these suspects vanish Right? Vanish like they all or disappear. generally lead back to Prue. Yeah, okay, they lead back to Prue and then they vanish. So it's like, is Prue murdering all these people? <laughs> like, are you not wondering yeah, that? Yeah, someone should be wondering this. You're right. At this point, like, yo, what is going on in Hallowell Manor? Yeah, like, we demand to know. Like, you could have, you could have had warrants episodes ago yeah yeah right because you're like oh, i i see all this crazy shit and it's not like you're being inconspicuous about it like you're busting yeah, into places blowing They're shit being up with your eyeballs mad inconspicuous, bro <laughs> you're on the scene at the scene of every <laughs> murderous crime that's happening in the bay yeah. area like it's true. hello this this yeah. will come to a head this will come to a head uh I'm, I'm, I'm like, jujuling the um, episode list right meow, and I do want to say... Right meow. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. No, 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 no. Okay. In, I think, the next episode, Mama, or the, yeah, the next episode and, then, like, the next episode after that, we do grapple with, you know, the ridiculousness of it all. Okay. Well, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm here for the ride. Like, I like that it makes no right. sense, because yeah, yeah, yeah. ultimately that gives me more to yeah, talk exactly. about. Oh, dude, episode 12 of the Wendigo, I am so excited for that episode. When Where did Wendy go? Where did Wendy go? Wendigo don't know. Do you not know what a Wendigo is, though? <laughs> um, a Wendigo. No, I not off the top of so my head. So, Wendigo, uh, I was first introduced to via X-Men comics, but it's a... North American indigenous uh, myth. I'm not necessarily sure if it's like Canada specific or if it's, um, you know, because the borderlines didn't necessarily exist. But the idea is essentially if you were a person that like ate the flesh of another human, you would turn into a Wendigo, which is like almost like a werewolf or something. Mm. That's yeah, pretty cool. cool. And like, I, I find it interesting because it's, like, obviously a cautionary tale against eating human flesh. Uh, and I think there are, like, actual, like, genetic risks to eating human flesh. 
Yes. Like, I, know, I think they're um, all, like, we are <laughs> supposed to probably. do it. Like, if you have yeah. kids, like, it'll like, fuck up your kids. Yeah, but then there are stories about people who did it for survival, and I mean, I don't know like what the long term effects of that. Well, no, no, the movie Barbarian were. was like, kind of all about that. But was it fiction or non? Oh, it was fiction, but like, it was a really good movie. <laughs> but I mean, like factually, like if you ate human meat for only a small period of your life, like to survive a really traumatic event, like. You know the story about the plane yeah, crash yeah, like, yeah, yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We could like, be albatrossing and eat it for like sure three weeks. I think yeah. it'd be okay. I think it's like one of those things where like if you're surviving off of human for a long period of time, it'll fuck up. Not I. I don't know if it's like your active system, but I think it will fuck up like your kids, like your genetic seed, if you will. Mm. Mm. When to go? When to go? Um, I'm looking at a picture of a Wendigo. Ooh, right I'm gonna now. do Jill Wendigo versus Wolverine. Great cover. Whoa. Is that a cover? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, look for that cover. Okay, Wendigo versus Wolverine. Okay. Anyway, so <laughs> this episode we should probably. Oh, we wrap wrapping up. it up. We wrapping it up. Um. Um. So yeah, basically, yeah. This this bitch has vanished, and then they say goodbye to Melinda, who goes back to. Um, back the past back slash yeah, yeah. Death. It's reverse and... Back to the Future. Right. Yeah, it's Back to the Past. <laughs> <laughs> or just to the past, I guess. To the past. Um, back to life, back to reality, except back to death and back to oblivion. Oh, you're the whole you're the um, whole invitation. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, so yeah, that was another episode of our podcast. Gem Girls podcast or Immortal Frenemies. Immortal Frenemies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, nay, Gem Girls um, who have become the charmed. What do we call charm ourselves? Cast? But also, we could probably do better than yeah, that. Yeah, the charm class. We said it. We there is Gem Oh, like, and then you said we're the we're charmographers. Yeah, yeah. yeah we're charmography. Is, uh, the premier charmography our course through uh, the charmiverse, the charmosphere, the charmosphere. Oh my god. The charm is here, yeah. of course. So, yeah, I've actually reactivated our Instagram oh. where I've been checking it out more um, since we've been receiving a lot of praise recently for our hilarity and comedic style. By a lot of praise. Um, and by a yeah, lot. Yeah, yeah, please <laughs> qualify that. I would, yeah, someone needs to. Um, my, a coworker said that we were really funny <laughs> and um, we, we got her through, uh, you know, uh, you know her life recently, and yeah. um, that made me feel. Yo, really shout good. out to that girl. I don't and... know you, but like, love you. Um... Yeah, right. It meant so much to me, and it really gave me the power and the the juice to move forward. With yeah, my I got life. so juiced. Um, also, I podcast. feel like we truly like <laughs> incepted that young child. Like that child is either gonna be a menace to society or like mad bros. <laughs> Yeah, I'm going with I'm Mad going with Mad Brills, but I would also go with a Mad Brills menace to society. <laughs> yeah, <Because. laughs> exactly. exactly. Um, I really do think of myself as a menace to society. Me too. Yeah, we really pushed the All buttons, the limits of today. Uh, we pushed a lot of envelopes today. And um, also that person who commented on my Insta- on our, in- our Instagram, yeah, sorry, not yours. my Instagram, um, 
saying that we were so funny. So I, you know what? I, two is good enough. Oh, dude, I can die happy. Are you fucking kidding me? Two is more, is two is like, how do you quantify double from zero? You know what I mean? (laughs) That's not double from zero. That's still zero, but like, how do you quantify (laughs) that? You know what I mean? Because I thought it was zero, but now it's two. So it's not quite double. It's like double, double. It's zero plus two. (sighs) All right, listen. We just had a plus two. We just had a plus two. All right, anyways. And um, what we want to do is add this to a plus four. Hey, maybe a plus seven. We could even breach, if we get to a plus eight and make it a round ten, amazing. And you know how we can do that? Is by liking and, one, subscribing. I guess we should say subscribe to our podcast. But also liking. Subscribe, bitch. Be our scribes, please. That's what that means. Oh. Um, Describe it. And, but also, uh, rate us and review us wherever you find podcasts. But as we've often said, as we always say, as is the Ron Paul Pod Paul uh, by rate us and review us, <laughs> what we mean is five stars and a positive review. Also, I live in Winnipeg, and there's a garden center, like a pretty prominent garden center called Ron Paul's Garden Center, and I love it. What? I, is it Ron I, Paul? I was just like, it's just Ron Paul's. That's what it's called. And I'm like, oh, the Pod Paul, Ron Paul, Ron Paul? We've never discussed how Ron Paul is a double first name, and that's why he's oh. evil. You know what? You really hit the nail on the head. But also, Ron Paul's Pod Paul. Why not RuPaul's Paul Paul? <laughs> RuPaul's Paul Paul? RuPaul's Ron Paul Pod Paul. No, no, no. I, I prefer Ron Paul's RuPaul's Pod Paul. <laughs> For whatever reason, I like Ron Paul at the top of the food chain. Because yeah, he's a well, white that, man. Well, like, that, it's like things anyway. he should not be involved with. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Love it. So, yeah, um, email us at heygirlhey at gemgirls.com. Send us a DM or, you know, comment on our Instagram. We love that shit. We we love Um, validation. But but until next time, stay stay outrageous. outrageous. (sighs) Bye. Bye.